Welcome back to the Sober in the States basketball show this time. Now on YouTube, if you saw my pretty face and you ran away, that's totally understandable. But with all the new stuff, Sober Season 2 is around the corner. And uh, what better way to introduce it than someone who has been in Sober? George, not Jorge. George, we'll get into that little insert Spider-Man meme. You know what I'm talking about. But he's the host of the Swingman podcast. Now, I'm pretty sure I've gathered the information that is joining Team Hold as well. But uh, he's doing great things in the Silver Universe. So, uh, George, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. I'm just, I'm extremely excited to talk so rare and everything basketball. It's, uh, I don't know how long we're going to speak for, but I can go for hours. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's dive right well, now. whatever time allows it now. And yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it was like the off season was a little quiet, you know, and things started to pick up. The whole Dame thing happening just like really feels like it set it off. And it was like, oh my god basketball is here like we are here and then so rare dropped all their announcements and their news and what a what a great time yeah i mean the the dame stuff did feel like felt like groundhog day every day for sort of like almost a month and a half i'm just thinking oh he's just gonna go miami he's just gonna go miami and i remember it it was like as as these things happen they're just so blase and he was just like Oh, he's at the Bucks. Okay, that's not how I was anticipating that going. But, you know, we're going to move on with it. So uh, but that's why we love it. That's why we love everything. No, that is exactly what it is. Trust me, dude, especially being in Florida, I heard it. With all the Heat fans, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we got Dame and Dame and Dame. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. In, in the States, it's probably going to be a bit different over here. I just walk in the office and like, Damien who? And I'm like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, great. It's even better, though, because, you know, there's like the rivalry between the Heat and the Magic and uh, them thinking they were going to get Dame the entire time and then them <laughs> not getting Dame. It's like chef's kiss. I love it. But yeah. yeah, I brought you on basically to talk the new roadmap. We basically got two. And then as this comes out, by the time you guys probably hear this, the new cars will be hitting the market and the auctions will be live. So that is incredibly exciting. But I won't really go into too much like detail. I picked, I nitpicked a few things that I thought I really want to go over that I wanted to talk about because you know that's what we do here. And uh, yeah, before that, uh, Laird he did that interview with Kate, the director of product on the Sober yeah. Data Show. Incredible! If you were going to play Sober NBA, I feel like you should listen to that. That is way more detailed, way more in depth. Uh, I listened to it again this morning, actually preparing for the show, and it just like made me that more excited. I was like, oh, oh excited. But uh, yeah, dude, we'll get straight into it. And I think the biggest thing that they did that shocked people that maybe I feel wasn't that serious or that, well, maybe it was the scarcity update and then their mint counts going, bringing them back down, matching with football. Overall, is that something that you were concerned about from the beginning? Is that something you wanted? Like, how how are your feelings on that? So I think in terms of where we're looking at it as a, as a sustainable model, because right, everyone's playing solo. We all love it. We want to win now. Everyone wants everything right. now. But you need to think about these things in the future. If people are going to drop sort of like thousands of dollars or pounds into things, you want the people that are the custodians of the game making sure they're thinking past sort of a 12-month view model. And I think if you looked at how they went with season one, and I stress this every time I mention I did any sort of bit of content on NBA last year, I always said that this is going to be like their, this is their beta, even though it's launched. It's their first run at it. So there's going to be things that they get wrong that they can then tweak. And I think going up to that sort of where they was going 5,000 unlimited, 1,000 rare and so much, they didn't over flood the market. They did at the start. I don't know if you remember it as well. Oh, when the auctions yeah. came and then they just went, oh, we're going to put out loads and they crashed everything. And they was like, mm, maybe we learn from that. and We won't do that this time. And I think that's the great thing about it is that then they didn't continue. They didn't pump it down and everyone sort of galleries floored from it. They reined, they reined it back in and then went, okay, look, for next year, obviously, we need to readjust and go about it. And I think even so, not many of the cards really went over that sort of 1,000 mark or 100 mark or 10 mark in the Super Air side of things. But it's just good to know that they're aware of it to change it again and just make sure that they're keeping the sort of the sustainable model. It's kind of what I've been saying to everyone when they're just like any bit of news come out and I'll see people just sort of not hate on it, but nitpick at certain points. I'm like... Yeah, but think about what they're trying to do here. There's always a logic and reason. They don't just sort of put their finger in the air for it. They're going to have the metadata in the back end to know what works and what's better and, and go from there from it. But 
I think ultimately it's only a beneficial thing and it will be beneficial for the long run. So I'm all down yeah. for it. No, I agree. It's one of those things where, and like you said, every time you talk about it, it's like, okay, but, and I agree at the beginning, it was like, whoa, whoa, you need to slow it down. And everybody saw it. It was like, whoa, chill. And they did. And that's the yeah. good thing. Right. And that's the important thing that people forget. And that's why I was like, it's cool that they brought him back down because right there on the surface, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like it's lower. It almost gives you that sense of peace a little bit. But realistically, they didn't get anywhere near a lot of the counts that, you know, were printed on the cards. And that is the important part. So when everyone always throws this weight of the, oh, supply and demand and scarcity. And like, there's, it's like, dude, there's not a thousand. Even on the football side, if I remember correctly, there's not a lot of cards that have hit a thousand or even close to. So yeah. they're keeping an eye on it. So, I love that they brought it back because they could always bring it back up or introduce a new scarcity, do whatever, like, like kind of Kate said that they have tools at the disposal, but at the end of it, it was like so many people put weight on this, just one of 5,000, one of 1,000. And like me personally, I don't really think it matters that much. If so, is going to take the initiative to watch the market, watch the auctions and control the auction rate. So I think that, it's great. That, that'll be the big thing for the start of it though. Because I want to see how they... Because obviously they're going to get there. I know they mentioned they're not doing rookies until sort of like the second game week to make sure they don't flood them with, with right. zero L10s. But I want to see how they're going to slowly drip feed the market again this year. Because now obviously, and then I know we'll probably talk about the reward pool later, but with the reward pools coming in that there's less cards available for them to mint, there's going to have to be something that gives. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it will play out. Now, another thing too is that like you said, we're like year one was betas. People have cards now. The people already have the cards. It's not like there's no cards. We're in year one. There was no cards. It was you just yeah. got to get them out there and see who's going to buy them. And they might have taken a little too long to realize that <laughs> the buying had stopped. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where them controlling the market itself kind of plays around with it in itself and even going in that because it's something i've been thinking about because i've been buying cards in the off season even though i think the auctions will be slower because when baseball started i'm pretty sure the auction rate was a little slow already yeah um to kind of control that kind of combat that and see if there was going to be that initial flood at the beginning but what do you think as far as where the market is now looking at prices now do you think that the new cards are going to increase the overall market or do you think it's just going to add more like buying pressure selling pressure and then everything's going to go down because i think it's going to go up because the, uh, all the new mints the high mints they're going to push everything up yeah so i think you're going to see and again like this is my absolute finger in the air speculation of how <laughs> i'm going to try and guess things i haven't got a crystal ball that i know of i've got no insider information on it. no financial things yeah, yeah, I think we need all the we need the compliance things here. None of this is to be taken as financial advice. Please seek proper help. Not that I, I don't know where you're getting the proper financial advice on, Sarah. <laughs> but anyways, um, I, I think when the new when the new cards come out, for especially not like I'm talking like a day, I'm talking like a couple of weeks in. I think you'll see a little lull in terms of season one cards being a little bit cheaper because everyone's like, well, this card's got two percent, this has got five, and I can pay a little bit extra for it. And it looks shiny and newer, and I want this one. And that's what will happen. And I, I will fall victim to it as well. I, there are cards that I want to buy that I haven't bought of season ones because I'm like, well, I have the money there, but I want the shiny one that comes out. So I'm going to get mm -hmm. that one. But I think over time, they will sort of come into balance a little bit more as the season goes on. Like, I'd imagine around a little bit for, before Christmas time, I'd imagine you'll then start to see a bit of an even level, an even level playing field between a season one and a season two. And I still think there'll be a little bit more of a premium, but I don't think it'll be that mad. And I also think that because there's such a smaller amount that is going to be able to be auctioned or won, mm. the cards that have the vaster supply that also will have the collection bonus are going to be a little bit more easy to obtain and then potentially better for people. Like there are going to be cards where I'm sitting there and like, if I go and buy Luca, why don't I go and buy all of the Dallas Mavericks? But I don't want the new ones. I want the ones that are going to get him the bonus. And that's what keeps the sustainable model for it. So, yeah, I think it's that's my two pence. I'm probably going to be horrendously wrong on this and just miss something out massively. And I'm like, oh, my gallery's half price. But that's um, that's what I'm seeing it as. It's it's so hard because you normally like if you've been in so rare, whether it's the football or basketball or MLB, it's you know, there's cycles to it. And the peak of the market is always going to be either the hype leading into the season, the beginning of the season, and then it just you know, progressively goes down. 
But at this point, we have the old supply. We now have the collection game that's going to be coming out. And then you have new shiny cards, old shiny cards. But then there's less amount. So are people going to go, if I don't get this now, I'm never going to get one. Because it, it almost feels like there's going to be... See, and that's the thing. Like, even talking about it, trying to, like, rationalize it's it. It's fascinating. Like, okay, though. in theory, it should go up. Like, yes, there's going to be new supply, but not a lot of it. But there's a new shiny thing, and it's just all over the place. For me, regardless, I always buy older cards. Like, I am so for buying first edition if I can. And then usually with newer cards, I try to buy just, like, rookies or cards yeah. that weren't available last year. Because in my eyes, it's like, okay, yeah, we lose the 5% bonus this season, right? But then look forward to season three when all my cards have been accumulating XP. They're yeah. not going to lose that 5%, but yours are. So realistically, if I play this the long-term way, I'm going to be way ahead in another year than you are chasing the 5% now. So I am all for old cards. All the yeah. time. Yeah. And I mean, that's also part and parcel of why sort of some of the things that I've been doing in the off-season for it. <clears throat> I didn't want to get too sort of... I didn't want to go properly gung-ho and just buy everyone that I think, oh, yeah, I'm going to want him. I'm just going to buy him. That's not really the strategy I've, I've gone about for it. Um, I was also playing a bit more on the in the football side of things and some of the MLB side whilst it was off. And again, that's the benefits that SoRare has that there's multiple competitions for it. But um, I, I feel that for, I'm, I'm, I'm like tailing off here of my point, but it was more that I feel with these season one cards, especially when you look at it now for game week one coming up, because I, I don't know about you, but when I checked my gallery when the season two update, or when they updated it in the whole new UI, I was just looking at my cards and like some of them have like 0.5%. I'm like, oh, I just that looks awful. I don't even want to see this now. Um, and then I scrolled down. I'm like, ah, but like this Andrew Wiggins that I bought like week one's now got a 5% bonus on it. I've done really well there. So there you go. So it's, it's all these bits and pieces that come from it. But yeah, no, I get it. Well, it's so tough. And yeah, like, because I'm moving up to rares now. I didn't really play rare season one. I, I stayed in limiteds and then I decided to make the jump. And yeah, I've been buying. But like you said, I'm not buying everything. I'm buying quality right now. Is I'm like, yeah. hey, I don't really know what's going to happen. You you look at everything. You're like, okay, it's down. It should go up. You know, NFTs, they always go up, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been very selective. I've had things where like I've, I've like had my like finger on the buy and I'm like, and I'm like, no, I'll wait. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me sleep on it. And I go back. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, why <laughs> Why would I even do that right now? Why would I take the risk on this nobody? Right. And uh, yeah, it, it's been it's been interesting. Um, yeah, I personally think it's a it's a good idea to buy because even even with everything coming on, I still feel at the very beginning, there's opportunity to maybe trade out of things too, where it's, hey, even if I did buy something that I'm not comfortable with at the beginning with all, all the new eyes, because that's the way I see it, is that there's so many new eyes coming in for those new shiny cards that even people from football, from MLB, they're all going to be going, ooh, look at this shiny thing. The auction is, look, I have a bunch of baseball cards that I don't even know who they are. I don't know what they do, but the auctions were rolling and I was just on the site. And I was like, oh, that's cheap. Bye, 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 bye. And I now I'm just holding the bags. I can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kind of hoping that somebody else comes and does that and uh, kind of props up my market. But talking about buying and you said that you would make some moves in the off season. What what is your strategy? I need to. I need I need to know <laughs> what is your overall? How do you attack it when you go out? What is what is what is your plan? So I think when I first when I first jumped on the game, my plan was I'm just going to buy my favorite players and play the game with my favorite players. And again, like I, I'm not going to go in there. I'm I'm coming from an area where I'm not a whale that's going to come in and be like, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to get podiums every week. Thank you very much. Here's forty thousand dollars and just go like that." Um, I was like, "I'm going to pick my favorite players. I'll play them and then see how they perform." And then you kind of you know you win something. You think, ah. Oh, I didn't play Shake Milton that week and I'd have got a, like a Bradley Bill. I'd have got a bit better. And then you get the bug and then you buy a few more and then you look into it. And that's how it spiraled for me. My strategy now, I think in terms of when I'm buying people, I'm only buying long-term. Like I don't want to buy a KD. I, I don't, I, when he, when the, everything moved, I was like, yeah, a rare KD would look really nice here. But I mean, I, he's got like three years left and I'm like, I'm playing this game for 10. I don't want a KD that I have to worry about and sell on. I want to take guys that are good. And obviously, that probably goes out of the window when I'm looking at the playoffs and I'm trying to pick up a few other guys. Like I remember I picked up a Drew Holiday and then when they got 
bounced. I was like, oh, he's talking about retirement. That's great. Um, sweet. Uh, sweet, yeah. Um, so things like that, they'll come about from it. But overall, I, I get, I'm, I'm with you in the sense of that I bolted up in the rare side of things after a few weeks of playing last year. I was like, I just want to mm. take the step immediately for it. Um, and I think rare is where I'm going to predominantly focus and then potentially look at moving into super rare. But unlike Ooh. the football side where super rare is sort of, it's not as a, it's not in terms of the financial side of things, it's not an easy jump. It's still right. like the goalkeepers for the super rare stuff are nuts expensive and some of the good players for it are great. But I moved in terms of when when we was in the off season and basketball ended. I bought a rare team for the cap modes. I thought I'm okay. going to play MLS. I'm going to play rare cap modes and go from yeah. there. And once I got into that, and you're like, okay, so each week you can kind of get like forty quid come back in through this, and you can reinvest and go for it. And I had my experiences in that. I unfortunately picked Sean Johnson, and that went really well for me. But <laughs> we were, we're not we're not going to get into that. Um, but of all of those things, I sort of found that rare was in the sort of more sustainable, more sort of the price is held a bit more. And also I kind of liked that there was a little bit more juice to when you won. That was that was it for me. You're not hitting five dollars, you're hitting forty dollars and you can go from there and things like that. But um yeah, that that that's me at the moment. I'm gonna focus on rare. I've still got like my limited stack. I have my my Embiid who will always be my MVP. And then I've got a good few sort of filler guys around the limited stuff, but rare is my jam. Oh yeah, oh, I I love that you say that because yeah, that was kind of my thinking too, because I've stuck in limited and like you know, a bunch of life stuff. I had a lot of stuff going on that like tying up like all my free cash or whatever. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to hang out unlimited because I don't like I don't like playing and knowing that, hey, if I need to fill a spot, I can't. Or it's like it, it's a struggle, too. So <laughs> you're like, oh, no, away. I spent 150 bucks <laughs> on this role player that I don't want just to play this. It's going to get here, injured right? as soon as I buy. I'm like, Great. yeah, I yeah. really don't need that in my life. But, uh, you know, I did the same thing. And yeah, limited. It's after a while, like you see it in football, it just gets so competitive and so hard to play because there's so many people, so many options at this point. They've collected so many cards where it's just so hard to hit the right amount. But rare still feels like a good kind of like middle ground that I think. And did the, the exact same thing that you said about winning five dollars and going to winning fifty dollars. It just feels so much better. It's so much rewarding. Just lights yeah. a, like you lights a fire in your face. And it's a it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, it's. My struggle last year, and I don't know if you felt this too, I ended up with too many guys with too high of a cap at the end of the season. Because I feel like in season one, I was just after God. I was like, this guy's a baller, and this guy's a baller, and he's going to score. <laughs> and I was just chasing all these great like players. And then like at the end of the season, I was like, oh. like I had this gap where like just like the 30s and 20s were just non-existent in my gallery. Oh, and it was such a pain. So... I actually don't think I really, exp- I, I had that maybe in the playoffs where you're sort of, in the playoffs especially, it was harder to get those sort of value L10 guys because half the league has already pretty much been wiped out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think when the season was going on, I was never really buying any of the main guys. I was always looking for guys that I thought would, well, if he gets injured, he's the guy that's going to come in for him. And that's how I'll play it when I'm trying to buy, especially on the limited side. Because you can take the gamble on, say, oh, he's like three dollars. I'll buy him. Say someone goes down, he's going to shoot up to twelve, or he'll be a really good player for this lineup. And that's so. I mean, I got burned on a few of them. Where I'm like, oh yeah, Trey Man for the Thunder. He's going to go great, and then he's like there for like a week, and then does nothing, and he's stuck in the G League. But Love it. there, there. But again, I, I can. I held on to the Trey Man because I'm like, well, there might be one week next year where he comes back in and he's the guy. Um, <clears throat> And like the the key examples of those uh, are sort of Kendrick Nunn was a guy that won me multiple rewards. Yep. Shake Milton when every Sixers guard was down, and then he decided I'm going to be the reincarnation of sort of Allen Iverson and just drop fifties and sixties on on multiple weeks. So th- that's how I like. Come on, yeah, exactly. That, that it's going to be those sort of things. So they're how I like to sort of go about in terms of the buying side, and then you have a bit more fun with it, but. Yeah, it's it can be tough towards the playoffs, but I'm interested to see what they do again with the playoffs this year. But I don't want to talk about playoff basketball. It's so <laughs> far away, and the season's not even started for it. Dude, I want to talk about playoff basketball. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we going to the playoffs. Yeah, it's a yeah great a time to be a pair of Markel Fultz. There we go. Oh man, I love it. Do you? So, are you a trader? Do you do you trade a lot, or do you kind of just 
pick your spots and try to buy low um, and then ride them out as long as you can. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm sort of going in and out and sort of buying and then thinking oh, I'm going to flip in in three weeks' time and I'm looking at when a team's going to have four games in a game week and then I know he's going to be the most in demand. I could sit there and I could comfortably say I think I'd be okay at doing it, but one, I just don't feel that there's sort of the time invested for the return is there. Mm-hmm. I like to play so rare sort of for fun, more or less. Mm-hmm. Like, if I think a guy is going to be like an undervalued option, I'm absolutely going to buy him and pick him up. But I'm not doing it at the, oh, yeah, he's going to raise 23% in two weeks and I'm going to get out of it there and then. It's just not how I'll do it. If I, if, I, if I end up doing it, I'll do it, and then he'll end up sort of like tearing his meniscus. I'm like, oh, well, it's just gone brilliantly. So um, that's how uh, I just like to play Sarah for fun for it in the, in the majority side of things. And obviously everyone wants to win, but that, that's yeah, of course. for it. Well, I don't. I don't do much winning. So trade, trade, trading has been my uh, <laughs> my cup of tea because uh, I feel like if I if I crunch the numbers and I haven't yet, I know people like some people have spreadsheets and stuff and they keep, like keep track of their own gallery. But uh, I feel like I did a lot better trading <laughs> than I did uh, than I but did that's uh, the beauty of it actually as well. playing it. Yeah, you you can sit there and and sort of like uh, I I have it engraved in my head from uh, Jeb uh, about Wenyan Gabriel. Like Jeb Bush oh, yeah. just goes I've on about that. when you Gabriel so much. And it's got to the point now where I'm looking, I'm like, am I going to buy some when you Gabriels? Because I, I, I can't even remember. I, I could not tell you anything about this guy, but I've heard it so much. I'm like, yeah, maybe this is, maybe this is the play. Let's scoop him up low now. And then when he explodes, I'm going to be in the money there. But no, it's, um, it, it's not how I play. So rough where I do it for the, for the fun side of things and how you do it with your friends. Yeah, that's fair. I definitely I do hold on to a lot of stuff. And looking back, I try not to look back on because there's a lot of things. I'm like, wow, I could have sold that for three X. I could have sold that for four X. But here I am down money now. So, (laughs) oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Love, love that. Do you think, you know, I had a question and it just I started talking and I completely lost it. So uh, that's what happens happens. when the juices are going. It can just go out. They were going and then I, I ignored it and I just forked off of it. And then uh now it's gone. I was going to say something about it was about trading and buying under value. And I, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. With the game coming, right? Rewards. Yeah. We're going to talk about these rewards. We knew it. I think deep down we, we knew it, right? We knew it was a thing. But these reward pools are going down and they and they are low. How but do you are feel they about low? these rewards? Are they uh, low? That's that's uh, the that's the thing. Because they lost like, I think thirty percent, twenty percent, yeah. But in people's heads, so when we're going on this, this is where I've like seen it everywhere on sort of. I, I'm not calling it X. I'm calling it Twitter. Everywhere <laughs> I've you. seen yeah. it on Twitter, it's still Twitter. Um, everyone's like, "Yes, we've reduced card counts. We've got it in line with football." And then everyone's like, well, "What the damn hell? How are we reducing rewards in line with this?" And they're like, well, something's going to have to give there. You're not going to have the same reward pool. And then the same, it just, there's no, there's no connection between the two. And again, I think it's just, people are like, oh yeah, there's this really nice thing, but something that comes with it that's slightly bad. Oh no, I don't want it now. This is terrible. Give me all my rewards back. I want the market how it was every up and down all the time. And it's sort of like, relax, chill. We'll see how it goes. And you've seen how sort of reactionary so rare can be. If it's really bad after a few weeks of playing, they're probably going to tweak it because, again, they have everyone's best interests at heart. And if everyone's like, well, I'm not playing anymore, I want to sell out, they're going to change things. But I don't think, I mean, like when I look at Limited Champion now, and I can't remember sort of what the prize pool was at the start. I honestly don't remember either. But I think my one thing from last year was that in Limited Champion, you could win it, but not win the best limited cards. And that was a big complaint of everyone. And right. this year they've changed it. And now if you come in the top 30, you're getting a tier one or in the top 50 in a tier one as well. And it's sort of like, well, now you can win the best limited cards in limited champion. And it isn't just a rare card because a lot of people like there's so many galleries where they'll only play limiteds and they're like, well, I, what am I going to do with a tier three rare one, this one tier three rare, I'm going to have <laughs> to sell it. Whereas if they can win a tier one and they win a Yanis and they had a Luca or something, they're like, great. Now I can win the Yanis and go on from there. I think that coupled with cash rewards coming in, it's more on the sort of, and I've been banging on about, it's now quality over quantity. And that's what I'd, I'd much prefer that. Like I think last year, if I come, so limited champion, if you're in the top 700, it's like a tier five. And last year, if you come top 700, you might have snagged a tier four, maybe. Something like that. Something like that. It might have been a tier three, but regardless, like the tier three might be worth $10. The tier five, okay, is going to be worth like $1 or $2 at a max. 
But would you not rather than the one week that you came 15th, you're now not getting a tier two, you're going to get sort of a tier one card that could be potentially one of the top dons. And I think that's the best way to look at it in terms of it, in terms of that with the money, something's you're not going to get them. You're not going to have your cake and eat it. Something always has to go for it. (laughs) So I think these rewards, the, the only one that, and I don't play it, so it's harder for me to sort of feel it. I think on the super rare and the unique side, there wasn't a unique contender. Right. I think. I think that was the only change. And I don't play it, so I'm not going to sit there and sort of really advocate for the people. But I feel if I was in their sort of ends, I'd feel a little bit like, well, that's quite annoying because now there's only one place to play my unique cards as opposed to two. And where do you go from there with it? But again, I don't know the sort of data that backs up their decisions for this. So they've been flexible in the past. They'll continue to be flexible. If it isn't working, they'll change it. But I seem to be in quite the minority that thinks that these rewards are actually really good. And that's how it is. No, I mean, they definitely boosted the top. But like another thing too, and I don't know if it's just people that played other sports that are coming to basketball and like see the rewards and they're like, well, I don't want a tier four and a tier five. Like forgetting to realize an NBA, a tier four and a tier five, like very quickly overnight could really bring home some cash because because of the nature of the nba and rotations and people getting hurt and all of a sudden we've seen it a million times and all those cheat code plays that happened last year it's hey like this could hold on hold on to it for a little bit there's gonna be one week where everybody sits or you know there's all these crazy games and all of a sudden he's the player of the week and just get out 100 it's uh, i think that is is, uh, that is a typical football mindset like a tier five guy's like he comes on as a sub like three times a season. I don't want right. this guy. And they'll see it and they'll pick the tier five up and they'll see like, oh, he scored like seven, seven, three because he's coming on and getting garbage time minutes. But again, the sort of the way in which sort of players are going down and they're rested and everything, tier four and fives, absolutely on the money. One one or two weeks, you just have to be active and check when they're mm-hmm. going to be the guys. And that's the issue that comes with it. But yeah, I think people... That's what it is. People just like to look for the sort of negatives in the short term and don't think about the longer term stuff, I feel. I, I don't moving. understand. Like, if you're playing a game for fun, like, why are you just looking? Like, you, they're literally going out of their way to look for reasons to be upset. It's like, why are you in? Why bother? Why? For what? Like, I, I think that, but there, there's different parts to it. There, there's It's good to be critical in times because, obviously, if everyone is saying this is bad, it might be bad. Like, there are ways to listen to it and 100%... You can take feedback on and go from it from there. But I think a lot of the time people sort of moan almost for moan's sake. And they just want to find I, this update is amazing, but there's nothing there I can moan at yet. So let me find that one thing. And that's where it goes a bit. But, but it's not even uh, that there's a yeah. difference, right? Like there's a yeah. difference between like being critical and like bringing up valid points and feedback and then just like literally just off the wall, just complaining and just crying because nobody's listening to you. Like, but I think maybe, I don't know again, but on the rewards, I don't know if it's just me, but if I had that one, and I've, I don't even think I've podiumed on NBA. I've had a lot of sort of top 10 finishes, but I've not mm-hmm. podiumed. But if I do podium this year and sort of, I look at it and I go, if I got third place in rare champion, what do I get? I get a tier four super rare, a tier one else. rare and $200. Like Huge. that's so much better than what it would have been last year. And you're thinking if you have that one big week where it hits now, the it's going to be so much better than what it was. And Grant, and, and I will take the potential of winning being better than me getting a tier five over a tier four. Like that's how I, that's how I would see these things. I know I can get it. If people don't have the galleries that are ever going to be near winning, it is detrimental to them. But I think then it would encourage you. And that's their whole idea. It's so res mo is to sort of get people to build their galleries better and that's that's how it is see and, and that's the progression about it too where people are like oh so what's like dude you 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 bought six cards a week ago and you didn't yeah. win anything and now you're just like this game sucks it's like look yeah. re- it's realistically and, and that's another thing like there's like the false expectations like that yeah there are people that are really good at this game that continuously like fight for podiums and stuff but that's not everybody it's never going to be it's not supposed to be everybody right no. but like you said if you place third one time in rare champion that makes your entire season like yeah it sucks that it all happens at once right you want that gratification over time but if you really look at it like winning three four hundred five hundred dollars in a span of three four five days that's unheard of in a lot of places like really like sure you're not a millionaire okay like 2021's over okay that 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 dream is dead okay 
yeah. it's gonna be a little bit and yeah. it's just it's just people need to tame their expectations i think and it's yeah. it's what it is though it's always going to be sort of i want more 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 and i feel that they're gonna every year they have to sort of build on it and get better every season so they can't just go this is our top line and the best things ever and we're never going to improve on them because then everyone's like well after a year this is rubbish i don't want to do this anymore like every year they're going to change it up like the playoffs is going to be such a big difference and i, I don't want to talk about it but the way in which they run the playoffs last year was quite sort of controversial and there's no way they're going to do the exact same thing again. They're going to change mm-hmm. it up. And there's yeah. probably going to be something that they could have done a little bit better in the playoffs. But again, there's the playoffs of the year. Like, this is how it always happens. It's how it's always going to roll. And I'm sure like the guys that have been playing football from years back, they'll say things of where the game is now in comparison to what it was and the amount of stuff that you can play cards in and everything. It's so much different. So I think that's how, that's how we'll have to go with it. And that's another thing. You look at the people too that started in football and where their galleries are now. They went through the ups and downs. They've gone yeah. through all the cycles. They've gone through the good, the bad, the ugly. They've all done it. It's season two. Like, if you stick it out, you figure out, you grow with it. And so, so rare, luckily, like, yeah, look, they don't hit on everything, right? But they, they, no one does. Very ag- yeah, no one does. No it's one does. It's, it's an expectation of that they're never, ever going to get anything wrong. And it just, it's, it, it isn't realistic at all. Yeah. And I, I think I said it on the football show last week where I was like, look, you are playing a game that's a startup in Web3 using crypto where every company right now, nobody, there's no playbook for this. Like they are literally trying to figure it out as they go in one of the hardest industries in forever. America is about to drop the band hammer on crypto. We won't even go there. Like we won't even get into that. But like it's just sometimes you just got to be like, hey, long term. Ter- 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 ah. These, uh, I love it. But you know they're not they're not wrong either there are some things that it's like hmm, so don't announce a hundred thousand dollars worth of prizes and give us a uh, dave and buster's uh <laughs> merch <laughs> you know that is there cool, we though. go oh, oh my little notebook oh uh, there you hey. go so I, I splurged i splurged on the backpack 700 points i think that that, that puppy cost i me. i didn't i didn't do too great in the playoffs i uh i took the i took the punting route where i was like look like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to punt like the weeks instead of focusing on the like the long term. Because at the beginning, I thought that you won credits every week, and oh, then right. there was you won like a little bit extra at the end. Completely wrong. So yeah, I started off the playoffs. I, I saved it in the end. I got a little bit in the end. I had a few big game weeks at the end, but uh, yeah, I might have might have played that a little wrong at the beginning. So oops, <laughs> <laughs> oops. Um, so cash rewards are here. They're not thresholds. Uh, it's just not viable again for a business. I know you want thresholds, but they cannot afford to pay all you NBA sickos. So it's never going to happen. Another thing that I wanted to touch on really quick that I really enjoyed was the rookie thing and them not minting the rookie thing. Now I think that they could have done it different, but I don't think that they were wrong in the decision that they took. You're, you're, you're giving me a look. How do you feel? So, no, it, I, I don't think they're wrong at all. I think because obviously we had the Keegan Murray situation last year, which saw him become like the most expensive card on the platform right. for like three days. But I think it was slightly strange to only do three of the draft ones at the start of the year when they was yes. like, yeah, we're going to do these really cool cards and they only did three and then not do any more and then announce they're not going to do any until game week two. And now they've probably had their thoughts of the one, they want those draft edition cards to have sort of, there has to be a scarcity, a rareness to them. They don't mm-hmm. want to mint loads for them, and I don't think they should either. But at the same time, they then don't want to flood the market. And obviously, they want to hold the prices for them. And then they don't want to flood the market with rookies so everyone can get them ahead of the start so that then it's only sort of pay to win for the first two weeks because those guys mm-hmm. are going to have zero L10s. So it's it's a very hard line to walk in terms of what side of it am I on. I just feel that if they'd only done... If they'd done a, or three or communicated a little bit better when they was announcing those cards and like we're not going to plan on doing any of the rookies at the start that would have been a little bit more beneficial but again it's it's if you put yourself in their shoes they're like oh these new rookies are coming out let's give everyone these sort of really cool cards that they're going to want and then they're like oh but we don't want to flood the market with these cards because only the people only the people that can afford to buy them are going to be able to win for the first two weeks but these are really cool. We should do it. So it's like so hard. There's two different sides to it of where you fall on it. Um, 
but yeah it's it's a tough one for it I, i'm glad though the overarching thing is they've said that there are no rookie mints until game week two because then that means oh okay so three people will have an advantage i can live with that they've paid the money they can have their special cards and use them but also i might be able to still win something quite good in the first two weeks which was a concern of mine but now there's no concern see See, I'm in the camp that like a lot of those like punty like zeros and like obviously this year, the rookie class, like a lot of them are probably going to be playing a little bit more this year. So that's a little bit different. But like those like low, like low L10 players, like they don't always hit. And sometimes they like completely kill your lineup more than they actually help you. So I'm in the camp where I'm like, ah, it doesn't really matter that much except for like the select <laughs> few. But at the same time, right. And as I was thinking about it, like, it also it's also kind of a bad look going hey like we have all these rookies we're just not going to mint them for three weeks while you go out and buy these other cards like eh, like that's not necessarily the perfect solution either so i was thinking about it right the way they did the draft edition cards this year obviously you don't mint a million of them but you still mint a little bit more than you did you do either the whole lottery or the whole like first round whatever yeah you mint them after that when it happens which brings people to the platform in the offseason, which there was none of, which, hey, they might buy a rookie and maybe they didn't get that rookie, but they walked away with a couple other cards that they bought in the offseason. They're like, hey, they're already here. They're like, oh, yeah, this yeah. game is fun. I love it. And you do an event for the preseason. So you actually score preseason games, do some special event, do some special contests. You're getting people on the platform early. And guess what? Those L0s don't exist week one anymore. Because... Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're scoring the preseason. Now you have more people come to the platform in the offseason. You kind of get rid of your rookie thing and you get rookies day one. So uh, this was one of the things that I've said. So there's like a few upgrade or like a few changes I'd love to see happen. And this is sort of when you're talking about the future side of things and how you'd like to see the NBA side of it grow and evolve. I'd have loved for them to have done something summer league. It's just mm -hmm. the licensing thing or like the, we had the world cup going on something in the world oh, cup. Like it was such so a good, good thing with the football that it was just such a shame. We couldn't have done anything for the basketball because especially on the football season, you have like the football season ends, you blink and it restarts. It's pretty much yeah. how I see it, especially in the European leagues. The, the MLS break is a little bit bigger. I think, uh, especially if you don't make the like, playoffs. It's, it's like a quite, month it's longer. A, yeah. Yeah. It's, like a, it, like it's a little bit a longer. A few weeks longer. But like NBA side, you're like five months of a break, like pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then it's stopped. And especially for teams that don't make the playoffs, it's like near on half a year, right? Yeah. Which is a long amount of time. So then to try and get people up, there's going to be people that in their galleries only play NBA so rare and have not touched it since the playoffs. And then they're going to log back into it day one. That's and they're bad. sort of, I, on the football side, it's like a six week break. Two of which you're then planning on and you've got stuff to do after the season ends. And then two weeks before is preseason. So really you only have like a fortnight off and like a break is how it mm -hmm. seems. But that's how I go for it. On the NBA side, like I said, it's such a big break. There's nothing that brings people onto the platform for it beforehand. So if they can try and get something like the Summer League or anything around it where there is some form of utility to have. And I'm not expecting massive prize pools. Like only if you, mm. like, even if you finish in the top 10 or something, but just something where you can just throw a lineup and jump on the site again. And then that's where, if you have auctions coming out again, it then will get people ramped up for it. But like, these are the sort of things that I think they'll eventually change. Cause like we said, it's the second season they're doing it. They've had one year of data of looking at it. I think over time, they're going to be like, okay, there's such a big lull here. What can we fill this with? Oh, there's the Olympics, there's the World Cup, there's the Summer League, there's everything that comes around from it. And you might even get sort of, I'd love to see it change from the NBA to just basketball. And then you have mm -hmm. other leagues around, like the Euro League come in. And then if the Euro League explodes and then everything, because I think it's, they're so beneficial between the two. If the Euro League was on so rare for it, people are going to start watching Euro League games mm -hmm. because of it. If they have these daily things that they're doing that they're sort of marketing as it is, you can play with your friend and things like this. If you're sitting there and you're like, oh, there's this EuroLeague basketball game on, let's load up so rare. Let's have a, let's, let's literally say, okay, my mm -hmm. cards are going to beat your cards and go from there like that. They go so well hand in hand that it makes so much sense from us that there's no way that the guys that are running this game who are smarter than us pretty much are going to be like, <laughs> yeah, sure. let's, let's do that. Let's do that. So uh, again, I, I think these things will come eventually. It's just a sort of case of them baby stepping their way to it. No. Yeah, no, I, I love everything you just said, uh, especially with the world cup, man. I, I had so much fun watching the world cup yeah. this year. Like it was, it was just incredible. And like, 
like like you said, it's one of those things where I think it's just too early, right? Because you can't do yeah. too much. Because if they start trying to do too much, then they're going to make way more mistakes than they're already making. And then it kind of muddies the water. But I could definitely see him doing it. And I was actually – so Orlando has another preseason game this week against, like, Flamengo from Brazil. And they're playing here in Orlando. And I, I thought that was insane. I was like, this is fantastic. Like, I'm actually thinking about going to that. And then, like, it, yeah, it, like in my brain, I was like, oh my God, like, why don't we get international basketball on here? And sure, I don't know how the leagues go and, you know, what the scoring is like. And if, you know, it would break the silver matrix it's, itself, it's which tough, is a question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they would benefit from it so much too. And then that even goes into the scarcity, like in my head. And I don't know, I don't crunch the numbers. I think I know what I'm talking about half the time, but it's like, Playing the football, like you said, it's so worldwide. There's so many leagues. There's so many players. There's so many things that you can do where there's a lot of variety and stuff where you can get away with low mints and still kind of have a fluid market. Where in the NBA, there's maybe 50 guys that you, 50, 100 guys that you actually really want and everything else yeah. is like, mm, like whatever. And that like bottlenecks at some point. Like at some point, it's just not going to work. <laughs> like at least I don't think, but mm. Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because that's one of the things that like, I try to conceptualize in my head, and I'm like, I feel like there's something there, but I'm also not smart enough to crunch those. What, in, in terms of having other leagues for basketball? Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, in, in terms right? of like having one league with only like an X amount of top guys, like yeah. it's just never going to work because everybody, 1,000 Mbappes can go a long way versus 1,000 Lucas are just never going to like hang. It's just yeah it, it's 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 a different one in that sense but they can also do what they've done and it, again it, then it depends on there's going to be so many things it's a weird one the, <laughs> the licensing that they're going to have with the nba is going to be so sort of straight jacketed of what they probably can and can't do that it limits yeah. them a bit more but i feel like if they found other euro league teams like they've probably got if they've got licenses with real madrid on that side of things could we try and get Ooh, the Real Madrid true. players in? And then you mm -hmm. only have the Real Madrid players in and their coverage is only done for their games. And then how badly would that mess up the scoring matrix for it? So like they're the sort of way in the baby steps. I don't think they'll go ahead and they'll go, yeah, we're going to have the whole Euro League. Here is all sort of 1,000 players. Bam, they're all on the market. I think they'll do steps and they'll do clubs first. And then that's how they could potentially go about it. Because I think if you sort of drip feed it in, it would slowly sort of mm. communicate together and it would coagulate. But I think at the time, uh, uh, how it's going to be right now, I think they're probably going to focus solely on just NBA for maybe this year and next, and then they'll look to expand as hell. That's how I'd see it. That's, there's no knowledge there at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it. yeah. it's like, look, it just like makes sense on the term of a global game. Like you obviously want more, you open up the pool, like a little bit more variety. Again, and... like if, if there's guys that are playing the football side of things on so rare and they don't follow basketball at all. Like I've got friends that are completely like that and basketball in the UK, like everyone, lots of people know what the NBA is. They'll know NBA teams and they'll know some NBA players. The British Basketball League is very, very small in comparison. Mm -hmm. It gets very small viewing numbers and probably and not very many people going to games. It's getting bigger each year, which is the positive thing about it. If it's on so rare and then people can go, oh, there's a Lions game that's being shown here on Sky Sports or whatever or BT Sport. I can now buy these cards and then I can win rewards for these guys on so rare whilst I'm also playing on the football side of things. There just seems to be a bit of a harmonization there that just may again, it just makes too much sense. But I think it will happen eventually, but it's just a long way down the road. Yeah, no. And I mean, even the NBA, they're talking about adding like a Mexico team to the G League and stuff like this. And I mean, sh shoot, throw a Mexico City ex into the expansion of the NBA too. give a Seattle, Mexico City. I am all here for it. I would yeah. love that more than anything. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things where and you see it, right? The NFL is starting to push into Europe. Obviously, the NBA, like they've been very vocal about wanting to push that. Like, Sower has that leverage where they can go to these like European leagues and be like, look, we have this thing, the NBA, you get the same eyes, you will eventually convert. Be like, hey, you know, yeah, it is. 100%. It, 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 I, I found myself watching baseball games at home and I was like, I've never done this before. Like, I went to the London series and I used to go to the London series and Sower was really nice enough to, to hook me up with some tickets for it this it. year. But like, I'd never done the whole like, oh, I'm actually going to sit there and watch a baseball game at home just like whilst it. it's on. And and then I sat there and I'm like, oh, I'm doing this primarily because I've got Cubs guys in my Sorrow lineup and I want to see if he's going to fluke this for me or not and then go from there. But Ian Hap, we shout out to you. Hey, there it is. Yeah. How is how is watching the NBA in Europe? 
like because you you're sleeping when the games are on like what is your following the nba you just wake up and Um, watch games on your free time you just watch highlights how how does that work for you so um adam silver has made it a little bit better for us guys over here because we can get get games that are like half 11 tip-offs like and that's at (laughs) night obviously that's not in the morning um we can get games if if we see it if the guys that i do the podcast with if we see an 11 30 tip-off or midnight one we're like wow we're lucky we can get to watch like the first quarter of this game before i've got to slumber myself up for the morning um yeah i mean the only times you realistically can are holidays like christmas games Mm -hmm. when there'll be a a friendly time for us like we'll get like a 6 p.m game which i assume is like midday over there in the states um and you'll get stuff like that so there are points where you can genuinely watch it but a lot of the time it is you have to catch up with highlights the next morning, which is also quite fun. That I also like last season. I remember a lot of uh, a lot of times when we're doing sort of lock-ins and we're doing lineups at like eleven o'clock, and then you're seeing like oh, underdog have tweeted and my whole lineup's been killed. But in any case, you wake up the next morning and then you check. I'd always check the NBA app and I'd be like, I'll look for the teams. I'm like, oh, the Sixers have won by twenty-five. How's Embiid done? Oh, he's got injured in the first half. But they're the fun parts of it. That's how right. I'd play so rare for it, and that's how it comes across for me. But NBA, yeah, NBA, especially in the UK, is is a, is a tough one. They announced like a new deal that we've got some, um, like over here we have sort of two main sports pro, like broadcasters. We have Sky, mm-hmm. and they're now called TNT. Um, Interesting. And TNT have got the rights for it all next year, so we'll see how the coverage has gone. Sky wasn't necessarily the best at it, but we'll right. see how it goes in terms of of next season. But yeah, it's it's a lot of late nights. I wonder if that's our TNT because we we have all of like TNT has always I, been a basketball guy. I wonder if it's yeah TNT is the guys with like Shaq and yeah yeah Kenny, yeah. That, yeah that's mm-hmm. it. I think it might be because they came over here and they overtook BT Sport is what it was called. So I it could be. I think it is the same people. See, look at that basketball's expanding. Come on, so yeah, we international basketball like that is yeah. it. But I know I know we're a little short in time. I know you're, you're you're a busy person. Before I let you go though. What are you like most looking forward to for this new season? Like, obviously, things are changing. They've done some things. They've done some good and some bad. But like you personally, what is it something that you would really like to see, like either happen in the future this year or like something you're like going to keep? So you know? I think it's quite an easy one for me. I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do on the in-season tournament because mm. there's no way they're not going to do anything. They're going to do something it. with it. So. I feel the way in which they approach it will be interesting because I don't think they're going to go, oh, look, here's limited contender, limited champion. And then there's this little tournament that the NBA has mentioned. The NBA is like pushing this hard. So there's no way so rare. Don't do anything with it. But it will be how about that, how they do something with it, I think will be the the cool way. Because I think they can get, especially if they notice that the numbers in terms of people that play the football hasn't necessarily gone up as much that they thought would jump over to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think it can be a real catalyst for sort of getting a lot more people onto the platform for the NBA side of things in the run-up to everything. Because I think That's the in-season tournament, the in-season tournament is going to be really, I think it's going to be strange for a lot of sort of diehard Americans that are like, what on earth is this mid-season cup? But Love I feel it. like it's going to be really, really good. And once it happens the first year, I think they're going to go, ah, oh, next year it's going to be good. Because I think, all these guys, especially in the league, where they're like, oh, I'm not going to take it seriously, like the players. That's rubbish. Because when it comes about and there's a competitiveness when they're on the court, they're going to want to win the thing. So oh, it's yeah. going to come from there. So I, I feel like that's going to be really cool. And that's the thing that I'm most looking forward to currently on uh, on the NBA side. No, yeah, I, I didn't really think about that. But yeah, and even because like they're testing out monthlies and stuff, they're doing all this tour stuff with football. Like for the in-season tournament, what I want, and I, I want them to do this on football too, is like when there's Champions League, you know, whether it's in-season, whatever, like these like cup tournaments, they should have like a special like contest on the side that only scores those games. That's it. They don't score everything. Yeah. It's They're only scoring games that are in that and then accumulate the scores throughout the entire tournament. Because it's, you know, two games here, two games in three weeks, four weeks. So just special contest, you open it up, only when those games are happening and you just accumulate those scores and then the leaderboard at the end. Uh, yeah. I think that would be incredible for all tournaments, every tournament. Because it's that coupled with the club shop on the NBA side. I think there's some things that they could do that are better on the football side. Like I think trying to get the jerseys are like meant to be really, I haven't got enough coins to get them anyway, but they're meant to get like impossible to almost for like the regular guy to get. So I think there's things that they'll sort of tweak and they'll go about it. But I think that if you start to have the rewards pool in the club shop be really cool as well, then they're mutually beneficial between the two of them. Um, and that's how that's how it can evolve from it. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on the club shop. We, we did a whole <laughs> rant. We did a whole rant last week on the football oh, show because no. uh, 
Yeah, they just they're just not utilized, man. Like if you're gonna announce something, like actually use it and do something with it. But like they're not. So I can't remember how long has the club shop been on the football side? Has it been uh only been a few months, really? I think it was yeah, it's been this year, it's only been a few months. So I feel like again, that's gonna be sort of something that they lean on more and more as the game progresses. Because I feel like it's such an untapped opportunity for them of that there's gonna be loads of things they can put in there. People have got the coins, they're winning these coins eventually it's going to get to a point where they will have their own sort of listed items that are in there each sort of year or each each week i should say um and that they'll then update them with seasonal things like some of the stuff that we used to get in the on the nba side i feel like if you're going to have like the thing they're doing in the football at the moment where it's like the premier league cards and if you buy mm. three of the new ones you can win a signed jersey or a jersey like something like that in the nba this year would be so cool if they have those special competitions but yeah, I mean, this is this oh, yeah. is now me being like, I want more, I want more, I want more, and it goes around. Like that. <laughs> Everything that, we already that's, talked that's about every, earlier. <laughs> that's every that's every consumer that's going to be there. And then, like, if they give us everything that we want, then we end up running it, and then it's going to go like absolutely tits up for it after sort of ten minutes, and then that's okay. no. So. I think I think the NBA is a partner. Um, in the NBA in its whole, I feel like they're a little bit more progressive and more forward thinking than maybe like the MLB is in some of these like football leagues to where like, I feel the NBA would lean into more like here, here's all this stuff. Here's these things we could do. I feel like they're a little bit more inclined to work with silver in order to offer those things. Like, yeah, I totally believe that at some point this year that the NBA is going to basically create what the club shop is amongst all three sports. Like, I think we're going to see what the true vision of the club shop is for so rare in NBA this season. And then it'll bleed out to the rest of them. Yeah. The I I'm uh, I, I can't lie. I'm, I'm really, really bullish on this whole season. I was bullish on the NBA product when it first started. I feel like again, it almost feels, I can't remember if it was that, but the cap mode side of things and playing around with floating L10s, that was, that was before there was cap modes in football, right? Yep. I feel like that was the first, first iteration. It, it yeah. makes it's such a good system. It is the best. I, I, this sounds like such a paid advert from me from Sora, <laughs> which it absolutely isn't. But it genuinely is the best sort of fantasy game that you will ever play because it just every week it isn't. Ah, uh, they've just like if you play fantasy football over here in England in terms of the Premier League, everyone captains Haaland every week. That's really boring. Yeah, you just do not get that on Sora in terms of the NBA side of things, and that's what I love about it. So. I love it. I love the fast pace. It's crazy. It's wild. It's yeah. always a good time. George, I know I got to get you out of here. Thank you so much for coming on. It was it was a pleasure. Where can people find you? What are you doing? Let them know. Let them know where they can find you and get all this great NBA information. Appreciate that. So uh, myself, I think I've got my my Twitter is just over here or wherever it is down here. Um, in terms of you can follow me on there. I ran about sort of the NBA in general and football. I'm a Man United season ticket holder. So that's, Rest in peace. Yeah, it's been a bit painful for it, but we're, we're here only talking about basketball. I've refused to speak football for it. Um, but that that's on the basketball side of things on me personally. Uh, on the alternate side of things, I run a podcast called The Swingman Podcast. Uh, it's at Swingman Pod everywhere, YouTube, Twitter and everything. Uh, it's me and a few friends. We've been doing it now for, I think we're in our fourth year we've been talking about the NBA. Uh, we do some stuff with 2K. We're doing some stuff with So Rare. So, you know, come and listen to some UK guys speak about basketball and get angry at us for that. So that's that's pretty much how it should go. Hey, it's a different perspective, you know? Might yeah, be some, there we uh, go. Maybe some over-the-sea insight, you know what I'm saying? But uh, thanks I can't again. Believe we've been, I can't believe we've been speaking about it for like 50 minutes. It, it genuinely flies when you talk about Sora. And oh, I, did, I, I have more stuff written out. I can keep going. But uh, <laughs> hey, we'll just, we'll, hey, we'll have to revisit it, right? It's, it's a yeah, long we'll season. It's a lot of things to talk about. There's going to be a lot of people complaining about stuff that we can get on here and be like, Bro, what are you doing? So I'm excited. Again, thank you for coming on. And uh, basketball is back.